the Luminous Possibilities Podcast. We offer a diversity of perspectives from many fields of medicine, esoteric and ancient wisdom, and subtle energy, arts, and sciences. Find deeply fulfilling pathways for co-creating yourself, life, and human communities around you. Find inspiring attunements to your own optimal living roadmap, true authentic self, and the most radiant frequency for living life to the fullest. Hi, you two. Welcome to another episode of Luminous Possibilities Podcast. I'm here with Tanya and Karen. And these two beautiful souls came into my life um, maybe about a month ago, um, just from a community scenario that we were part of. And Karen and I got talking and, you know, she's doing some amazing work in the world. So hi, you two. Hi, thanks for having us. <laughs> You're welcome. So who wants to start? It's interesting talking to two, two people here today. Um, I mean, the work that you're doing is beautiful. How would you like to introduce that? Karen, you want to start? Yeah, so Tanya and I, we this past summer, we started a business called the Resoul Sisters. And really the essence of this business is re, like the prefix re means again. So it's coming back to your soul again, this part of us that's our deepest essence, um, the core of who we are. And we're really passionate about the sister part as well, um, because it's like a space that we want to invite people into that's community oriented, because we really do believe that transformation and healing and growth that we all want to experience in this human life, it happens in community. And like, that's just um, this organic ground for that to happen. So hence why we're called the Resoul Sisters. And we do several different specific offerings. Um, we have a women's circle going currently in Leadville is where we're based out of Colorado. Um, and then we do workshops, retreats, and we work with people and we call it two with one. So you get both of us when you come and work and do your personal deeper inner work. That's amazing. And, you know, doing personal deeper work with one person is fantastic, but to have another, you know, being there, it provides a whole nother container. And so, yeah, it's really, you're kind of in some way setting a new paradigm for what it is to do deeper soul work. Mm -hmm. So that's lovely. And Tanya, how about you? Um, how yeah. do you see the work that you're doing in the world? Well, what I love about the way Karen and I have come together is that uh, we've we've fallen in love with our own authentic way of being and living, and it's really directed how we're showing up in this world. And and so we've taken the things that we love about uh, our backgrounds. We both have backgrounds in wilderness and education and healing modalities and. And we're able to bring it together in this really beautiful way of collaborating together. And then seeing that, that as Karen mentioned, flourishing comes in, in the company of others. So we're, we're actually discovering who we are and what we're about, and then putting that into action. Uh, so seeing how our souls show up and, and putting that into action. And we're doing that by exploring a, a model that is based on the self, uh, uh, looking at selves and how our self develops from our genetics. So we tie in a bit of science here 
And nice. then uh, in, in looking at the science of who we are, we're recognizing our own uniqueness in this world and that the experiences that we have in our life, we are attracted to and connect with. So we have our genetics and then we attract and we connect to an experience and ultimately that starts to make up the fabric of who we are. And so Karen and I, we get to explore that for ourselves and our own <laughs> uniqueness. And then we also get to come together and support others in discovering that uniqueness for themselves. Yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're doing work in the world such as that, it's you have your own like enjoyment and your own personal world of doing it as well. And it's just become so much of the same thing. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And so today, I think we're going to really talk about, you know, what is it like to live a life where you, we're in touch with our soul? And what is it like, like to live where the soul is in more of the driving seat and perhaps directing more of our life? Uh, our life activities and who we connect to. Um, I would imagine that, you know, a lot of people are in touch with their soul and may not know it. And a lot of people might be in touch with their soul and then they do know it and they're, they're being more active with that. Um, for those listeners out there kind of tuning in and, um, you know, interested in what it's like to live a soul directed life, what might be the first thing that comes to mind for you both? Mm. Well, I, I can think, yeah, I can think of, uh, maybe specifically about where we live, right? Yeah. Environment. <laughs> the, the question always is, is, well, what, what is soul? And for, for us, it's our life essence. Uh, it's, it's the, our authenticity. It's our, our way of showing up that feels true to our deepest nature and so an example I feel that for both of us mm -hmm. is that we, we live in a high mountain community that's full of natural uh, wonders and it's a small community based here uh, at 10,200 feet. <laughs> so we've got a lot of fresh air that we get to breathe in. <laughs> and I think that uh, living authentically for us is putting ourselves in the environment where we really flourish. Uh, it's not that that Karen and I couldn't live in the city and we have in, a, in a certain parts of our life, but we know that we, um, we really bring out the, our fullest potential in this environment. And so, um, so that might be one example of living a, a soul, a soulful life. Yeah. I love that. I think the first time Karen and I talked, she was talking about that, like how much Leadville, you know, that spot in Colorado you're both in has been so fundamental in the shaping life and, and what's going on. And, environment is so key. It's such a really beautiful place to start because the way I see a connection to the soul is really what lights us up, you know, like it's that kind mm -hmm. of fire element and it's, um, it's like, what's inspiring and like, what like lights you up and gets you going. And if it, you've got all this stuff to do outside, I mean, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So what about you, Karen? I, yeah, I, this question we I'm glad we have time to chat about it because soul is, it feels like elusive. Um, recently in, we did a workshop with women down in Boulder, Denver, and I mentioned Disney, like Disney just put out a movie called Soul. And so it's like also this word is in our pop culture and like people are really like exploring what does this word actually mean to us? And um, I think for me, my personal story of like really connecting to that part of who I am has been like such a deep journey and a deep 
um, just shaping where I'm at today. And what I think really passionate about with um, people that are, I think going back to your question, like what is soul and um, like, how do we explore? What does that actually mean to follow your soul? For me, that's involved a lot of deconditioning. So whether that be from my like environment I grew up in and the culture I grew up in and just feeling like something was off when I was growing up and it, it was a very conservative environment and I just had this deep connection to spirit from like a really young age and I wanted to go explore and like check out Buddhism and go deep into Christianity and the mystics and mm. I didn't really have room to do that and I think um one place I mean there's so many places you could start with soul but one place is like in your life where are you feeling this like friction of like these things outside of me don't match and like that's a good indicator of like something feels off and so it's like like a check engine light like the light goes on and you're like okay something's off I don't know what it is and oftentimes I feel like that's your soul being like hello hello like maybe you need to literally move locations or maybe your job's like not what you feel passionate about or maybe the spirituality that you grew up in is not it feels stifling Mm -hmm. and so that's like this well, it's kind of like the hero's journey, like something's off and you set off on this journey and of trust and surrender and mystery. And you're like, okay, let's go discover it. And that's also something I love is like people that Tanya and I have worked with, they, they like feel their soul, but they don't totally know where their soul's trying to direct them. And that's like, actually, I think really wonderful because then that like sets you off on the journey of like, okay, what is, what is my soul trying to say? And how do I like really connect with that part of me, even if it feels mysterious? Beautifully said. Yeah. I think we can tend to label like good and bad. Like if something's off in our life, then, oh crap, like what, like, what do I do now? And it becomes a problem, but it's really like a relationship to how we listen more deeply to what, to what's there Mm -hmm. and what, what the deeper part of ourselves really want to say and where we want to be and what we want to do. And, you know, there's something that we long for. And I think it's this being, we are beings, we're human beings, right. And we, and we belong somewhere and we belong, mm-hmm. we belong for something. And we're, where it's like our, I, I feel like it's a voice to our becoming. It's like what we're becoming and how we want to become that person living in the future um but yeah it's that movie it's it's true it's it, people are connecting to it it's like where the, more of the mainstream is wanting to know like wait what is the soul like mm-hmm. and i i guess the way i understand soul i think it comes from um well i think about the word anima and mm-hmm. animus mm-hmm. And, and those kind of like divine aspects of masculine and feminine um but it's yeah, to me, I think, you know, there's this beautiful internal world and then there's this external world and we want to see where we belong. And sometimes that image is an external view. It's a scene, like what our life looks like and it's a job and it's a relationship and there's so much to discover on the inside. So do you, so when people kind of come to you both and they're looking for a deeper connection to that, where do you first direct them? 
I guess it really just depends on, you know, what they're coming in with, right? And yeah. so this is a huge, <laughs> huge, it depends. Yeah. Maybe we can talk just, about, yeah, go ahead. Well, I could mention this. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the book Untamed. Did you hear about that book? No. It came out this year by Glennon Doyle. It's like on the top list. All, like it's just been a very popular book and mm-hmm. I personally loved it passed it to Tanya and then Tanya passed it and ended up going through like eight of our friends <laughs> within like one month like people are just devouring it mm-hmm. and like part of me I feel like it's because it's this hunger like to me unta- I mean all of us could like resonate with that book in different ways but to me like the universal desire that's coming up with that book of why people love it so much is like giving permission to listen to this like inner place, like this inner voice that sometimes or oftentimes we just ignore. And so like, I would say universal principle if people come to us is like taking the time to listen inward again. And like, Mm. not only listen inward, that's one part of it, but another part is like to trust that voice and like know it's good. And like, we had one woman tell us like, she grew up in a really religious household and she was like, wow, it's like really freeing to think about soul as something to listen to and honor instead of save. And like that Mm. really hit me deeply because of my personal background, but like having people just connect with that part of them and like another woman just trusting her soul again has been foundational for her healing journey and where she's wanting to go. And so maybe that's one place to start is like, what is your relationship with your soul? Like, what does that look like for you? Mm. Yeah. Do you have a dialogue? And I, I, I think about soul context because mm. a lot of what I help people through is seeing that there is this soul context. And so what that soul context is depends on how, you know, how you shape it, how you create it and what your relationship to it is. And some of it is just awareness, you know, like knowing, Uh, maybe having an awareness for a side of yourself that's voice isn't being heard or, um, you know, and maybe you need to listen to that a little bit more. Um, But yeah, soul relationship that kind of listening to the voice of the inner being and and letting that guide us. And I love how you made the distinguishment there. Like that's one part, but trust is another, like to listen to that is one thing, but to trust it is another too, because then you start making actions and your behavior changes based on whether you're trusting it. Yeah. I mean, it can really, one example in my own life, like a very um, personal example is I was actually in seminary for a couple of years down in Denver. That was my city lifetime. <laughs> yeah. But I just like, I was trying to work on my thesis. I was like four classes away from finishing and like all summer long trying to work on my thesis to like get the degree done. And I just like, couldn't do it. Like there's that resistance again, like something in me was like, no. Um, And I was, I remember I was in a bathroom, like taking a break from like working on it. And I just, I mean, this is another conversation, but I just heard one of my connections to spirit tell me like, you need to quit. This is not your soul path. Like this is not what you, want to be doing or need to be doing and I literally the next day went and quit and like I think when people like get in touch again with their souls like it 
not that it always has to be these big decisions in our lives, but I like that you just named, like, it's scary because you like, it could lead you to make these big decisions that like do have um, ramifications when, when you make them. Yeah. There, there, a few years ago for me about maybe, maybe it's about three years now I was working as a software engineer and there's part of my soul. I think that what I was listening to at the time of, wow, I really will like, what are people doing in those buildings up there? Like, I want to be part of this corporate world and like, no, and like understand what's happening in all the high towers of the city. And so, you know, I went to school and I got trained and I, you know, I got this job and I got, it was one of the biggest towers in the city of Denver. And I had this whole city life and I did it for, you know, a year and a half. It was, it was really beautiful. It was a nice time. And there was a part of my soul that was like, really? Like, and there's this picture I think about with the office and there's people at every desk and there's a clown at one of the desks and he's like, Oh, you know, I think I made a mistake. (laughs) And that was my experience. I was like, man, I don't feel, I feel out of place here, you know? And I, you know, that was scary. I was like, uh Oh, like I've spent the last, you know, two, two and a half years, you know, carving out this niche and this job and this like career path. And I have all these other things calling to me. And I had been studying astrology for about six years at that point. And so I always knew it was going to be part of my life. And then I would maybe return to coaching at one point. And, you know, what do you do? Because sometimes you listen and you're like, okay, like, can I, I can trust this, right? Like, I know there's a bigger calling and my heart is longing for something like even better than this, like more expansive. And there is that, I think there's a, a guiding principle I've used around soul work where I tune into my body and I just ask like, all right, like, is this true? Like, is this really what my soul wants? And if it's a yes, usually I get this expansive feeling and I get excitement and I get a lightness. And then if I, if I'm like, okay, maybe I'll stay in this job and I'll just be here and do the corporate life. And then my shoulders sink and I start to drop and get heavy and, you know, and then I just, can I trust that my body is also giving me feedback? And I think sometimes dis-ease shows up mm-hmm. as a way of, you know, communicating to us. It's like the, the soul and spirit part of us is like sort of saying that through the body and we might get pain and we might feel, you know, a little bit off or sad or depressed. And it, that's not bad. That doesn't need pharmaceuticals that needs listening and, mm-hmm. and maybe just some space and time and patience to, to kind of unpack that. Cause it can, it's a, I mean, that was a huge major life decision for me. Um, so there's, yeah, I mean, learning about more of your work, I see how you're really guiding people through transitions and I, I wonder about that. What does that come up as a common theme for people who show up in your world? I feel that it does. I mean, I, I, we're all going through some level of transition, whether it's our transition in an everyday way that says making choices about what we eat, how we, how we speak. You know, yeah, each but, moment. 
right? Yeah. The, t- the time that we're, we're choosing to, to show up in our life. And that also sort of lends itself to those bigger transformations that occur in our life that are around some of the bigger rites of passage of changing of age or, or stat- the way that we would relate to people, whether we're in relationship or not in relationship of intimate partners or, you know, just all the different um, life events that might show up that are, are bigger transformations, but are transitions nonetheless of, of sort of accepting what is and then, and then moving into a different realm of how we, how we address them and how we deal with them. And I, you know, I feel with all of that, that what's important to remember is that no matter where we are in the transitions in our life, that our life does matter and that we are uh, continuing to be a part of this fabric of, of the, the planetary process and something, something larger than ourselves. And so we're in this continuum mm. of time where why, why is it important to even have this discussion about the soul <laughs> and where our life essence is, is because there's this, this knowing that I have that says, actually your life matters, Karen life's matters, our listeners' lives matters, and we may or may not know to what extent uh, we matter to each other. It's enough to say that we do matter, and it's really important that then I take the time to show up uh, as the most beautiful person I can, because I know that I want to contribute lots of love and, and light and experience. And, and that also comes with challenges and, and the other parts of life that I always am wondering, well, oh, why did this happen to me? You know, it's, it's just recognizing that, that life, it can sometimes be messy <laughs> and, and going through transitions isn't always very clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that having that that insight to say that actually our life matters and our souls matter really helps to, to put me in that perspective of saying, wow, like this is why we show up to have these conversations. And this is why Karen and I are together to really um, support people in having these deeper conversations so that you're not alone. You know, we're having them together and we're part of something greater when we do, we do have them together. Yeah, it's so important to not feel like we're alone. I mean, I I know I've gone through moments of that and feeling that. And then I'm like, wait, I have all these amazing people around me to to just (laughs) talk and meet and do sessions with and exchange. And it's just so valuable to be able to have another set of eyes and someone supporting you through that. And I I just, I love that point. It really hits home, you know, because I think it seems like, you know, as I kind of think back on my own personal experience and then wonder about others that maybe there's a point where we lose that feeling of I matter through, through like a job or, Mm. you know, maybe a societal conditioned, you know, part, like you're saying soul, soul, Karen, you're saying that soul is like the unconditioned self and the conditioning that we, that we have can end up feeling like this thing is more important than, than what, we feel is important right and there's such a distinguishment there i think of values you know like what you really value and what really what you really love i think points to your soul mm-hmm. and so if you if you're holding on to other other values uh, whose are they and i i usually it's pretty clear 
you know, if, if it's a should, you know, you can, you can should all over yourself, yeah. you should, should your pants and all that. And it gets really messy then, but you know, like when you start dropping the shoulds, you know, and you start, huh, I want, and yeah, it, it just makes a huge, it's a pivotal moment. And then you come back to more of, wait, I do matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like in transitions, which I really feel like the only constant in our lives is change. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's permanent and that's can be really scary. And also like when we sit in that space, it can be just really healing because I feel like transitions to me give us opportunities to continually come back to our selves, like come back to our souls. And to me, like the feeling I get, like I liked what you mentioned earlier, like being in your body, the feeling I get is just home. Like I feel like I'm back in my home, like in myself, in my essence. And it's just this like cozy and warm and just, (laughs) I'm good. Like I can relax. I'm back like in this space. And um, so these transitions, whether they're big or small or letting go of anger or healing or working through some problems someone has, like it's this welcoming of like coming back home, coming back to your essence, coming Mm -hmm. back to the space of love and that you matter. And like, when you're in that space, like you're going to live soul drifted, you're going to live just like in alignment with who you are. Yeah. I love that. Well, Tanya, I really appreciate what you're talking about, you know, in our previous conversation about subpersonalities and I wonder if you might go into that because it's such an interesting aspect of understanding self and soul and because you know it's like if you're consulting soul you're you're trying to lean in like who am I really and like (laughs) understand the inner world there's there are so many parts and so it's I just love what you're mentioning about like opening this dialogue you know to all of them and seeing that they, they kind of have their own way of being and their own voice. Yeah, most definitely. It, it's, a, it's a reminder that uh, Karen and I often talk about the bus. I think of a school bus. I don't know why I'm even thinking <laughs> of a school bus. We've, awesome. never, we've never really identified what kind of bus it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, to think that, <laughs> that we we have this bus and uh, to think about our soul as the bus. The soul is that container that holds the essence of who we are and the way that we approach uh, identifying our soul's purpose and how to actually move the bus is through uh, recognition of ourself and selves. And uh, so the selves become the wheels, uh, the tires of the bus to move us out into our world, to help us navigate our city or country lives. And uh, when we think of parts, think of subpersonalities. Uh, you had mentioned earlier when we were speaking archetypes, uh, Carl Jung. Uh, developed this concept of archetypes, which seem to be these universal energetic patterns that occur in in humanity, in life. And what what Karen and I are looking at is is these sub-archetypes that are actually unique to each individual. And why we say they're unique to each individual is because we believe that we come into this world with a unique set of genetics. And so we have genetics that come from 
our parents and we have genetics that come from our ancestry. Uh, that's to say that I, I don't have any African-American or Asian blood that's direct descendant right now. I mean, we're, we're potentially all descendant from there if that's what we believe in. But to recognize that, yes, I am a, a white Caucasian woman that, that comes from, from European ancestry. So I have those genetics within me. And I also have the genetics of my mom and my dad. And then there's the, the, the mystery, the, uh, the mystery piece of that genetic code, which is the uniqueness of me when, everything, when all of those genetics come together. And when the genetics come together and then I am born, I'm like a snowflake. There's no two snowflakes that are alike in this world. Uh, you could think of water molecules and how there's that study of the way that a water molecule looks. They're all unique, all different. And so really recognizing that we have this difference in our genetics then leads us to uh, the predisposition to our environment. And where our parts come about is noticing where our unique genetic code attracts certain types of energies and experiences in our, in our everyday lives, and then how we connect with those experiences. And out there in the traditional psychology world, there's a concepts around what are called nature and nurture. So nature is our biology. That's what I'm referring to is our genetic uh, by not biology. And the nurture part is the environment. And there have been thoughts up until this point that our environment actually shapes who we are. But when we look at how we come into this world uniquely, it only makes sense to me that I am experiencing my environment in a very unique way as well. And so I would have a set of, of parts um, a set of selves that are very unique to my genetics and my experiences and the places that I've grown up and the energies that I've connected with. And what's so freeing I feel about that is that I actually have what are known as a, a population of selves. I have many different aspects of myself. I have a, I have a wise woman. I have a, a wood nymph that absolutely adores being out in nature and connecting with, with the more than human world. I have a, a liquid silk that is a caregiver and a nurturer and a, a woman that shows up to take care of elderly parents. I have, a, I have a nuts and bolts that's all about logistics and organization. And, and so all of these different pieces of myself help me to drive my soul's purpose and, and drive my, my energy out in this world. And, and so having that knowledge of, of uh, we were joking earlier about this, this concept of having multiple personalities, <laughs> but what a, what a freeing sense of saying, wow, I don't have to be one person. I don't have to show up with you in relationship and be every one. I actually could show up with, with my lover of life, my wellspring and say, I am showing up as my wellspring and this is who she is. She loves life, loves being alive, loves bring, bringing out the energy in others. Uh, and what a, what a gift to, to seeing how that bus gets directed then yeah. through, that, through that lens, through those perspectives. Mm. I love that. Is it something you wanna to add to that, Karen? I mean, I think 
one part I would add is like you said earlier, I think one of the most freeing things when we work with people to identify these sub personalities or their genetics is that we really work under this framework that it's not good or bad, it's neutral. And so I, that just in and of itself is so freeing in so many ways because people could identify something in them and be like, shoot, like, I don't want to have that part of who I am. Like for me, I have a part in me that's extremely sensitive and so much of my life I've been like, oh, like if I just didn't like take everything in so much, I would just would, it would be easier. However, it's not a good or bad part of me. Like the gold comes in place when you learn how to interact with that part of you and you're just like it is what it is what matters is what we do with it and how we interact with that part and like a big part of my journey of transformation has come when I learned how to interact with this part of me in a way that really helps support my soul and what my soul wants to do and I mean Mm. in reality like what Tanya and I are doing sensitivity is like a awesome part of me I get to bring to meet (laughs) with other people because I feel what they're going through deeply and I can be in it with them um and so I that's just one of my favorite parts of kind of the work we do is that it takes away that shame of like Mm -hmm. it's okay like we all are humans and we're all living this experience and we're all unique in our own ways and we're it's good like well not good or bad but it just is what it is and um that's what matters. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say just, it gives, not only is it a great way to build the relationship with ourselves, but it's, it gives Karen and I, uh, ways that we can communicate with each other, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that, that actually says she's got some amazing, beautiful parts that I don't have. She is an angel. I don't have an angel. I have a wood dip. (laughs) And so so when we get to recognize that we have these parts of ourselves, uh, just that ability to communicate from a different place. uh, There's the, what's the old adage about uh, the camel and the straw on the back or, or, you know, that, that, um, you know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, and you expect a different result, that, uh, that it just, you won't get that different result, you know, that you keep doing it the same way. And by being able to communicate with parts and each parts of ourselves, I can actually have a conversation with some of Karen's parts that might be more receptive to the conversation than other parts. And so I'm not repeating myself to the person I think I'm talking to and not getting the result I want. Yeah, you know, I actually have a way of talking differently about that. And, and so, so that the, you know, we're, we don't sort of break down in our communication. We actually have a better way of communicating and relating to each other. Yeah, yeah totally. That it's kind of like Einstein's quote about insanity. Yeah. yeah. Keep yeah. doing that same thing. And, you know, that's yeah. just the picture of insanity. It sounds like what you're offering is a really unique way of working. I guess more in a sane way uh, through being (laughs) creative and looking at these different pieces of who we are and I feel like it's it's it can be so complicated because there are so many parts but it can be so simple when you just relate to one of them 
Mm. And yeah, I see what you're saying. Like sometimes in communication, that's like, it's almost like we want to talk to a certain part, but then not acknowledging fully that, no, this part's present in the other person right now. How can mm. I shift and, and speak to that part and, and work through it that way? But yeah, in astrology, it's pretty much, you know, very similar. Carl Jung was, he actually, you know, he kind of was an astrologer at the end of his life. He wrote a yeah. book on astrology and um, the planets in the chart really represent, you know, these parts. And then mm. the signs, like where those part, where those planets are located in the chart is kind of like how they express. And then the houses sort of show like what, where, what context in your life are those parts showing up? And so there is that kind of other language as well. And there's, there is a universal archetypal, archetypal language that, you know, I think we all innately understand. And I just, I love how the work you're doing is help people, you know, understand what that language is in their own terms, because like you had both beautifully, like, you know, shown or expressed different, like the titles of what these parts are. And it's kind of fun. Like, late like kind of giving them a label it's like oh that's that angry part is like really frustrated and that's bob like bob's out again or you know and you get you can have fun with it you know it's true it's fun because we don't label them for other people that's like the beauty of it is they can decide what they want to name it and actually i have a friend that does label different parts of who she is with actual names and then it's just it brings humor honestly i think that's what i've personally been learning lately too is just like we need more humor in this work like it's like like you know like let's have fun with it even if we're in like these deep spaces of trauma or grief like i just humor is good i don't yeah it can get serious (laughs) yeah it can just be so serious it doesn't have to be all the time yeah i've definitely gone down that road plenty and it's like all right let's Yeah. let's yeah. get out of that and be a little more playful here it's not oh, right, right but yeah i mean it, it's i love that because i feel like the work that you're doing is you know you're probably some people come in and they're just like lost and they have a hard time and there is trauma and there's we're going through these things and to bring that light heart is a huge mm-hmm. huge element it reminds me very much, uh, again, of that astrological process that you were mentioning where people have their own unique uh, natal chart, uh, the relationship of their birth planets, uh, and then how that shows up today, how, how that is in relationship to the planets today. And I, and that's most of how our work shows up as well, that, that our work isn't based on some story that we've perpetuated since we were the age of five. That, that actually what we, what we care most about is where our parts are showing up, where our soul is showing up right now, what spirit is alive within us and how is that actually showing up today? That, that we don't have to be beholden to some history that we think we're, we've been living, mm-hmm. that we get to recognize where we are today and what's the, what's the choice that we're making about how, how we discover that and how we uh, utilize that information, how we do bring it about. And I think 
that for me is really helped too, where it's like, oh, I don't, I don't have to be that same person anymore. I, <laughs> I have these qualities that I can, and phenomena that I can recognize within myself. Oh, thank goodness today I could be somebody totally different around certain things that are showing up in my life. And uh, so there's not, we're not lost in the, the, the drama and the trauma of things necessarily. We recognize that, yes, there are challenges and there potentially are challenges that have come from uh, trends that have occurred in life, whether it's that unconditioning or, or being in a particular household of, of behaviors that maybe aren't as supportive that we would want them to be, to recognize where they show up in our mandala and how we choose today to live differently, uh, knowing that information that we don't have to stay there. So we don't have to be stuck in that. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the unconditioned pure self and there's, there's the heart and there's the soul. And then there's, so what is really conditioning? I, you know, I, it makes me wonder like, what is the conditioned self? And mm. the more I, I like have another day in my world, I'm, I'm like, you know, seeing how it, it's the mind. It, it, it's largely how we perceive and we conceptualize the heart and the soul and the, the energy that that's present. And it, it's interesting how stories tend to per perpetuate the conditioning. And those mm -hmm. stories are driven by usually some belief or some perception. And so I find a lot of the work that I do with people is related to that. It's like, okay, like what, let's go back and and look at that perception that that thing that got decided at that moment that the thing was painful. And mm -hmm. I kind of feel like that is trauma. It's like we decided so that we're going to not do that and we're going to do this. And because if we do that, then that's going to hurt, mm -hmm. you know, and if we can just go in, I feel like trauma can be a, a simply worked through in a way where you just look at how, why did you perceive it that way? Or what was the context and what else might be true? And how, how might that change the belief that you're carrying today? That's taking you where you are. Um, but I, I guess it, yeah, I mean, breaking that story, it's interesting. Like there's a part of like being human that we just want to keep telling the story. And even if we sometimes all have awareness about something and I'm like, all right, like I'm done telling that story. And then I wake up telling the story and I'm like, <laughs> why am I still telling the story? And that's that patterning, like that, you know, neurophysiological wiring that happens as we live in a certain frame of being. And, it, and that's, I think the challenge where we're like, you know, like, how do we get out of that? Like wiring, because sometimes we can have the awareness and the work starts with the awareness. So is there, is there anything that comes to mind for, for you both around that? Like if someone comes in and has a story and they're just insistent, or maybe you've had a story and it's just showing up again and again, like what yeah. do you resource with to, to kind of like break the story? Like, let's stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking of a recent example in my own life. Um, one of the, our men, like we have a mutual mentor. One of um, the things that he likes to say is that the brain, the brain, the mind is really just this computer. 
And oftentimes that part of us is like trying to catch up. Like maybe our soul does know what to do. Maybe our different selves and parts are on board and they're ready to make it happen. And then we have this computer that's still replaying these old stories over and over again. And recently I've made some pretty big, I've made a lot of big decisions (laughs) in my life. I've personally been going through a lot of my own transitions. Um, and I keep, I'm a vivid dreamer at night and I've really been getting into dream work recently. And that's a side story. However, I keep having these dreams about these old stories that I, my soul has left them behind. And I wake up and I'm so frustrated in the morning. Cause I'm like, why do I keep dreaming about this? I mean, it's been months. I've been having these dreams. Then I'll go talk to this one particular mentor. And he's like, Karen, it's like your mind is catching up to your soul right now. And it's not anything to be frustrated about. It's the work that needs to be done. And for me personally, it was just happening in my dream world, which I, I mean, and I'm sure Tanya has more things to say, but like all of us have different ways of ne- negotiating or navigating through that part. Like maybe that's meditation too. And I know that's a place that's helped me like learn to be a witness like not squelch these things that are happening, not ignoring these things that are happening, but witnessing them in loving kindness. And um, that's been something that has particularly helped me not to say it would help everyone. Um, I just think it's, it's just been honestly a journey recently as my, my, this computer in me is catching up to these, so, these, I've made like relationships and moving and job decisions all within the past couple months. And I think my brain was like, whoa, like, (laughs) that's like, wait, we can't process it this fast. And are you sure you're okay making those decisions? And that's not how we've always done it. And, um, and so I, yeah, he's just mentioned like, let the work happen. And so like being patient, I think has been a teacher for me as well. I love all that. It's like, yeah, so helpful. It reminds me of that transformational tension that well, this was such an important concept that got introduced to me a, a couple of years ago that was really helpful because there's that moment where you feel like you, you're regressing, like you have a breakthrough or an insight and you make a change and you're like, all right, it's happening. And then you go back into like the fearful, what the fuck is going on here? What's happening? <laughs> you know, what are you doing? And then. So this concept, one of my mentors taught me about was that when you have, you know, a transformation or a a transition in progress or in motion, you make a decision and then that the transformational tension sometimes takes you back into the old physiology, that old computer program, like you mentioned, it's kind of exactly what you described to where it's important to know that that's just part of the process. Yeah. You know, like that's pretty much all I was highlighting is that, you know, that's a piece of it where we, we are going to kind of swing back into like, you know, a bit of the past. And then I feel like sometimes when we, when we come into a moment of finding more space to allow for something new and expansive, and maybe there's more love um, that that old thing can finally release. And maybe we cry or maybe we get really pissed or maybe we get terrified and that there's actually more of a container for you to hold that. Like there's more space to actually process that. Whereas before you couldn't, and it was kind of buried. 
Um, so I think that that might be helpful for some people listening and, and kind of interested in transformation in general. Cause yeah, I think soul work has so much to do with that. It's just, you know, we're always changing and we're always transforming and um, yeah, we, we just gotta just kind of see like how to resource along the way and, and know that things are all right in order to not feel too lost. You know, I mean, of course we'll always find our way back, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I recognize too, in that conversation that, that from our perspective, there's always the question of, well, who is telling the story, right? Oh, Which yeah. part of us is telling the story and are there new resources or different ways of looking at that story that other parts of us could help ally the, that aspect that is telling the story? Uh, the, the gratitude that says, hey, thanks for showing up in a particular way at this place in my life because it really is what I needed at that time in my life. And now would you please step aside or do something different. I, I have a, I have a practical provider that's all about, uh, generating income. And I've done a lot of things in my life. I've, I've been a wilderness guide for 20 plus years. I'm jumping into this, this guiding of the soul. And, but I also do some bookkeeping work and some other uh, teaching yoga and some other things. And it's, it's always a place of saying, wow, I don't want to be beholden to the economic resiliency of myself by being practical, uh, because my practical for provider will show up and say, Tanya, you can't do that work with Karen because you that might not pay the bills right <laughs> off of that. Or, or there's that leap of faith, right? If we, if we choose to go from a corporate world to an entrepreneurial one that will actually have the resources to pay our electric bill. Uh, so thinking about my provider and saying, wow, thanks for providing. You've done such an amazing <laughs> job. Could you now provide support to my wise woman, to the, the woman that is showing up with you today uh, during this discussion that says, actually, there's a lot of ways that the soul shows up. And one of my ways is to really support others in this journey, to be with Karen in this journey. Can my provider find a different role. And I think that's, that's also this recognition that that provider, I need that provider within myself. I don't, I, I don't want to say goodbye to that provider. I, I just want to ask my provider to show up a little bit differently and say, thank you. And now would you be willing to support in these other ways? And I, I think that's also another way of, of reframing how these stories uh, can show up in our life to, to actually have gratitude for what the story is and then ask who's, who's asking or who's, who's in the immersed in this, the perpetuation of the story. Yeah. And then how do we want to actually find that resiliency within our different parts to perhaps change our relationship to the story. And if we don't have that part within us, there then becomes the beauty of partnering with others. I get to go to Karen and say, wow, could, <laughs> could you bring that part of you to me? Because I don't have it and I really need that. And so that's also the beauty of this work and, and why we feel that doing it together and with others and in group, group settings really is pretty, pretty powerful because we're not relying on any one aspect of ourselves to show up. We actually have the community and the way that you're building community. 
yeah. The inner community and the outer yeah, community. Yeah, the inner community. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it reminds me back to that bus idea of the kids. Like it's a, you know, maybe these parts are these, all these little kids. And it's like, all right, how about you guys play together for a little while? And maybe, yeah. you know, the role, you know, the role you're in right now, let's just come over here and play in the playground for a bit or do something else. And yeah. Yeah. Like well, it's been such a great conversation with you both. Um, is there anything else that you would like people to know about your work and where you come from or what you're up to right now? Well, we, uh, we've decided recently that we want to be bold and uh, our boldness comes in, in this concept that we know uh, it takes time to develop this relationship with the soul. And so as much as we hope to work with uh, to the two with one model of, of you coming to us and working together, we also really believe in, in community. And, and so our, our vision for us moving forward is to, to provide platforms where we have year-long immersions into this work, where we're creating circles of individuals that are willing to commit to being together for a year or more uh, in the journey of all of this. And so uh, so that's that's a dream of ours that we hope you and your listeners are, are willing to, to step into because we know that that light, similar to this podcast, it's not a one and done, actually, that the conversation mm-hmm. goes on. And, uh, and we feel that, that we've benefited from, from really immersing ourselves into, into this work. So we, we hope to have lots of fun and lots of play amidst uh, the deeper conversations and in our year-long touch points. Yeah, yeah well, I, I can't wait to keep the conversation going and see where you all end up and yeah, I think it's a, a beautiful part of the work being able to immerse. It's it's mm-hmm. awesome. So I love I love that you're doing that. Yeah. And I think I would just add that we also I'm I love soul. I I like self. <laughs> but I am most I am most passionate about spirit. And so that is like a dream of mine is that this space also becomes a place where people can come and deepen their relationship with spirit meaning like the greater beyond us, um, which to me is like this complete essence of love that holds our universe together. And I'm passionate about helping people connect to that love within them and without side of them. Um, And so just holding that in this conversation as well is like spirit is very much a key point of what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, we, we must've connected for a reason that I we must be pretty yeah. similar or yeah. something. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes the 3d, you know, when you're really connected to spirit can feel so heavy, but yeah, fine. You know, for just living in the 3d and we don't have that part, then we don't mm-hmm. have the lightness, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. We could do that maybe next podcast. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I look forward to it. It's been, um, yeah, great being with you both. And is there anything else that you might want to mention before we wrap things up? We just hope that you want to find your soul, you know, find, find your soul again, because we know you have one. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find all of what we're doing at resoulsisters.com, which is where we have our offerings listed. Awesome. So if people go to that website, then they'll find you there. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. 
Yeah. Well, thank you both. Thank you hey, so much. Thank you so thank much. You. And we look forward to the next conversation. Yep. Me too. Thank you.